at 9.15. I mean, we had been, we had painted, we had played games, we'd done breakfast, cleanup, snack time, cleanup. He looked at me and he, he said, time moves so differently here. And he had big eyes and he just looked at me and he locked eyes with me. And, and I, I said to him, what do you mean? And he goes, at work, I blink and the day is gone. And he's like, here, it's just so full on. So much has been happening all day. We've done a million things and it's 9.15. I'm Amy. And I'm Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. Alicia, it is such an honor to have you on the podcast. Um, Our friendship has seen us through college running mates. Party girls, party girl on my end, (laughs) all the way to now being moms. So we are so excited to dive in with you. Our listeners asked for a stay-at-home mom. We heard them loud and clear, and we happily obliged. So Alicia, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. I think there's such a need for the stay-at-home mom's point of view and perspective and just kind of the role that we play. Um, So I am a former teacher turned stay-at-home mom. I am originally from the Midwest but grew up as an Air Force kid and so spent some time overseas with my family and then we came back to the Midwest. I met my husband, Tom, just about over just about 10 years ago and so we have two kids now together. Our daughter, Tori, is two and Cohen is just about four months and we are recent transplants back to the Midwest after six years abroad in Korea, Morocco, and Mexico, where we were teaching together. So I've been home with my daughter and now son for, well, Tori is now two and a half. So just, you know, as she was born, I decided to stay home with her. So you've been staying home her whole life? I have. Okay. So I was teaching prior to her being here. And then I she was born in June, right as the school year ended with oh, my perfect. kids. So so yeah, I've been a stay-at-home mom coming up on, I guess, three years this summer, which is crazy to say. Um, that's that's me. What a story. I feel like I haven't done anything now listening to <laughs> everything you've done on this resume in the last couple of years. And Amy and I are two working moms, but the whole point of our podcast is that there's so many different ways to do this life. So we have a deep appreciation, and I have so much respect for you stay at home mama. So thank you for being on and just sharing your wisdom today. And in your experience, does being a stay at home mom seem to be a respected position? So one of our mamas asked, how do we gain respect from the rest of society, starting with our own families? That is something I've struggled with and a, an amazing question. I, in the beginning, when I first went to stay home, when I decided to stay home with Tori, I felt like people's comments would really get to me and they would say things that I don't think were meant to be, you know, ill-intentioned, but they would say things that really hurt my feelings. Like, when are you going back to work? Um, Do you get bored? What do you do all day? And I don't think, I truly think they were just curious, but so I have felt like I felt 
truly disrespected when they would ask these questions. But I've learned in the last few years that, in my opinion and in my experience, that respect and that dignity with your job starts with you. And so for me, mm-hmm. I truly believe that I do value myself, my job as a stay-at-home mom, my time with my kids, my effort, and I truly believe what I'm doing is where I'm meant to be, and so, and it matters. And it's different than a mom who goes to an office job or, you know, is in in sales or is traveling like Abby does. I think it's so cool. But for me, that's just not where we're at right now in our life. And so I would try to really focus on that respect. It started with me. My opinion mattered, only my opinion and my husband's. And then with family members that would say things, I would just try to bring them into my role, give them ex- give them ways that they could come into my life and just see what we were doing together. And they quickly would change their opinion on what do you do all day or do you get bored or when are you going back to work? They would. I really feel like they would get a taste of what we were going through and and be able to come on board and realize that this job is hard and there's a lot that goes into it. And what a good way of looking at it, because I think that regardless of your role, when you think of it as your opinion is the only one that matters, I think we could all feel a lot more fulfilled in whatever position that we're in. Right. Stay at home or working mom. It's like you're making the best decision for yourself and your family. And you, if you're respecting that decision, then I think the respect follows like you you're it's easier to let those comments roll off your back yeah and I think for me I know in the beginning of my motherhood so the first time around for you everything just seems heavier so those comments you know for a working mom too those comments just felt heavier in the beginning and now I'm more confident in my role exactly as I'm sure you are and so now it doesn't feel like I need to be defensive. It's just like, you know what, this is what I'm choosing to do and I'm happy with it. So, but I know that one thing that's really challenging is that being a stay-at-home mom can feel like a thankless job. There's not benchmarks to hit. You're not getting a yearly bonus. You're not getting that vacation package. Um, (laughs) And at times, using your own words, you said that the role can feel a little bit stagnant. Can you speak to those feelings and maybe how you've tried to overcome them? Yeah. So something I did that actually nobody even really knows about, even my husband, um, <laughs> is that a year ago, I felt that exactly what you're saying, that being it was just stagnant. Everything felt it was very much the same thing every day. Um, so what I did was... <laughs> and I still have it. And I wrote down keys to the workplace happiness. So I would read articles about what made people feel fulfilled in their jobs. And I wrote them a few of those bullet points down. And then I said, how can I relate this to my role as a stay at home mom? So for example, one of them was make it, you know, it's stimulating work, you're finding that your job is stimulating. Well, how can I make being a stay at home mom stimulating? For me, that's getting out of the house. That's making connections with other moms. Um, I love one of the Instagram gals I follow at Busy Toddler. She has a curriculum for preschoolers. And so I've just found ways to make it stimulating. Or another one for me was um, finding positive relationships. So in the workplace, if you feel like you have good connections with your coworkers or your boss, how does that look at, for me as a stay-at-home mom is just connecting with other moms and I don't have coworkers, but I kind of view those other stay-at-home moms as my coworkers and teammates. And so 
Um, so I made that list. So I made those bullet points of what, how can I make this job as a stay-at-home mom not feel so stagnant? Alicia, this is so important. Oh my, I'm so glad that we have you on here. I'm serious. <laughs> and I visit that list from time to time. Um, just try to get back on track and um, yeah. So, and what, so what does that look like then? So instead of meeting at a coffee shop, because that might be difficult with two kids, what does it look like, like tangibly for our audience? So I have had, <laughs> that's a great question. I have lived in Mexico where I couldn't speak the language and we had no family. We had zero friends when we moved there. And so my motherhood tribe or um, finding friends that could be my coworkers, you know, the positive relationships and stuff was really hard for me. Um, but I would just take every experience and try to say, okay, how, like the person at the store carrying my groceries, I was like, okay, they're part of my tribe. And, but for me now, it's different. I'm back in the States. I can communicate with people. And so for me, I'm like, okay, I'm at the library with my kids. And yes, Cohen is screaming, but somebody is like giving me eye contact and, or will say, you're doing a great job with the kids. And I'm like, are you, do you, are you home with your kids too? Or I'll try to make conversation and try to just make that connection if I feel like, okay, we could be friends in real life. And so, yeah, that's just um, meeting people at story time. My daughter's in a music together class. I've met other moms there through my husband's job. Just I'm always looking for ways that I can make connections or be with other people that are in, you know, if they're a working mom or stay-at-home mom, it doesn't really matter. But yeah, making those connections in different places, our community or so knowing that you thrive when you guys get out of the house, do you put a schedule together for yourself? Or I know Cohen's so brand new, so it's probably to yes. be determined more. Yeah. So before Cohen, I didn't realize how easy it was to get out of the house, <laughs> um, but we would get out every day. So my goal was every single day, get out of the house and do something. Spend an hour or two outside, spend time at story time. And yeah, I would make that schedule. I kind of had like an overview of our week. Okay, here's a light, you know, with flexibility, of course. But since Cohen's been born, my goal was two or three times a week to get out. And sometimes that's just a quick drive to, for me to get coffee. Um, sometimes it's the library. But yeah, like we, I, I do kind of tend to like have a, a flexible schedule that I try to put together yeah. just to get out. Um, and one thing that came to my mind, I was just recently listening to a Hello My Tribe podcast, and the woman was on and she was talking about the evolution of the working mom. And a statistic that she shared is that two thirds of women or two thirds of people in the workforce really don't enjoy their job or they're just kind of there. Um, they're not excited. They're not invested. So I think sometimes it's like, stay at home moms, you guys are going to have those feelings sometimes, as do the ones of us that are in the workforce. Now, as a stay at home mom, have you ever questioned your decision or been like, you know what, this day has sent me over the edge, I am going to get a job? Oh, all the time. I, well, mostly, I shouldn't say all the time, but all the time in this newborn phase that I'm in, I have felt like, Seriously, Tom, you I say this to my husband. I'm like, you had the drive home with no one needing you, no one screaming on, you know, touching you. And so I definitely have those moments even now. Um, 
However, I try to get back to that list I mentioned about those bullet points of what do I need? I try to get back to the basics of what do I need to be happy? What is going to make, what am I missing? Am I, do I need a day where I'm just going to take a hot shower and do my face mask? Or do I need that connection with other moms? So I'll, I'll, there's an awesome app if you don't have it. It's called Voxer. I, that has been a lifeline for me. And just being able to talk with another a friend and say, I'm having a horrible day. You know, I just need to, I just need a minute to vent here. Um, and so I have those, of course I have those days too, where I, I'm like, gosh, an office. I think that, and then I'm like, no, don't compare, bring yourself <laughs> yeah. back to, they have, my husband has extreme stress at work too, or he's having a hard day too. Yeah. So I just think it's, the grass is always greener, yes. you know, on both sides of the equation. But if we all are just leaning into what we have to do or what we're called to do, you can be so much happier. Yeah, exactly. And I just try to remember, this is what we decided. I, I do want to be home with my kids. I love them. I want to be here. And just, you know, sometimes, especially this newborn phase, it's like, okay, we're just going to take it a few hours at a time and I can do this. I can do hard things. And I'll even say this to myself in my head, Alicia, you can do hard things. This is really hard right now, but you can do this and you're going to get through this. And I'll say that in my head. And I, it's just, it helps so much. I love that. Like, just talking yourself up and pepping yourself up. We all need that. Regardless of what we're doing, we all need that. And the nice thing with Voxer, too, is that you can get to it when you actually have time. So it's not like a text message that's like lingering or you look at it and then ne- you never respond. The Voxer, oh, I bet it'd be so helpful. I know Amy and I use it all the time. Yeah, Voxer, do you, want, do you need a sponsor? <laughs> Hello. And Amy and I know that in our community, we have a lot of moms who stay home and work. And we have a lot of moms who are out in the workforce at an office or wherever that may be. But are there things that are said to you that you don't appreciate? So the, wow, must be so nice, fill in the blank, or, hmm, I wish I could be there or wish I could do that. Do you get those comments? Are they ever ill-timed or just overall unsupportive? I just know that we would love to get to a place where all moms feel more supported. They feel encouraged in whatever their situation looks like. Yes. So the comments, I wrote some down because I I do get them. So people have said to me things like, you, you must just be living the dream. Your husband must make a ton of money that they'll say, and you know, they mean well, but they'll say, you guys must be doing so well that you can decide to stay home or must be nice to be in your jammies all day. Don't you get bored? Um, what do you, how do you even spend your days and will you, when will you go back to work? And they mean well, but I just think I am working. This is my job. So, um, and, and that's just something I've learned as the years have gone on to let roll off my back. But, and I've, and I always think later on, oh, I should have said this in the moment. I should have been more snark- snarky or sneaky with them, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, they do come in and, I've, and I'm just trying to work through them and myself too and just get back to that, okay, this job is important. Your job as a stay-at-home mom does matter and it is work. And chances are those comments will probably come up again. So if you want that snarky comment. <laughs> I need to have it ready. <laughs> and we know that you just grew your family from one kid to two kids. So can you talk about that transition? I know that your baby is definitely um, not an easy baby. Let's put it that way. 
Yeah, you know, we thought we were ready for this. Um, <laughs> I think both of our both of our babies have been a little challenging. Fussy is putting it lightly. Um, Tori's kind of ended around three or four months, and Cohen seemed to linger on a little bit longer. Um, but it's been hard. It's been really. It's been so hard. We call it the dark ages or in the trenches. Um, we're still there right now. So this is really timely because my husband and I are still really walking that those those trenches or that dark tunnel. And it doesn't mean that we don't love our kids, but dang, they are just so hard and it has been so full on. And so Tom and I never really fought before kids. I'll say that. Like we've squabbled. But- squabbled. <laughs> But since having our children, we it has been taken to the next level of just with this, you know, sleep deprivation. And I think any mom can relate to this sleep deprivation. Um, you're holding a screaming baby and you're just not at your best. And so we've really um, the squabbling has really amped up and um, we're working on that now. But there are two things that I want to mention that have really helped change the environment at our house and just our marriage and and even in this newborn season is that number one Tom comes home happy so in the first minute of him coming home he has a smile on his face he's excited to see us no matter how hungry no matter how tired how exhausted or stressed he is he comes home and he's happy to see us and that really sets the tone for us throughout the rest of the night and it, because then it's harder to be to fight when, when your husband's coming home and hugging you and hugging your kids I have a question. So was it not always that way? Like, would he come home in a mood and then you guys talked and and now he makes sure to come home and kind of greet you kindly? Yes. And and we just are, this is a new thing in our marriage since Cohen's been born, even like the last month or two, because he'd come home and he had a hard work day and I had a hard work day. I'm sweating because Cohen's screaming Tori's doing who knows knows what what. (laughs) like and so and he would come home and the house would be a mess he is very he's type one enneagram enneagram lovers out there he just he's like why is the house a mess your the kids are screaming dinner's not even going it's 5 30 now like what is what did you what is happening and I'm like really and I would tell Tom this too I just say now I'm mad now I'm even more mad because I'm already on the verge of a mental breakdown <laughs> like I'm holding this baby who's been screaming for hours a day hours and so so we had a we had to revisit this and be like okay what can we do so that's the first thing that's really changed so he comes home and and that really does set the tone for the rest of our evening and it's hard to nitpick each other when you're like hi babe and you've had a hug and then <laughs> yeah. just kind of you know started that night off on a great Foot. And so then the second thing is, is that um, my husband really loves a guy named Jordan Peterson. He's an author and a psychologist. And he says that if you change 25 small things in your life, you can make it extraordinary. And so one of the things that he mentions is that um, is that you you can make those small changes. So for us, it was at night after the kids have gone to bed is just saying two things that we appreciated about each other that day. And when you're thinking about the good things that you can say to your spouse, it's really hard to to revert back and circle back to the bad and the negative. So we've tried to implement that. And um, 
we're still working on that. There are some days where we forget, but just the two things that you can, that you've appreciated. And sometimes I'm like, what did I appreciate? You know, makes you think that, that I'm like, I appreciated that you worked hard for us. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yes, this is the, this is it. But it, it does, it helps. It makes things, um, you're focusing on the good. I want to start doing that right now. Like, what a good idea <laughs> to just bring that home. So two things. Are they very specific things? Do they change every day? Do you have any, like, stipulations around it? I'm a rule follower here. We have, yeah, my husband is too. He is a rule follower to a T. So he loves this. He's This gives it a little structure. But I don't really have any rules around it. It can be the, it, well, you know, actually, it can't be the same thing every day. But um, just two things. And it can be anything as specific or as broad as you want it to be. Um, and that has really helped us. Well, yeah. First of all, Abby, Colin would love that. Completely. That's his words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. Second of all, it feels like, you know, if you did try, so you really did try to be creative or really make them feel appreciated, it would work better than if you were like, thanks for coming home, baby. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm glad we live together. (laughs) So, but I, I can't have this part of the conversation slip by without I don't want to dwell on it but can you tell us about Cohen and it was it is it colic diagnosed like does your doctor say this baby has colic or how many hours a day was he crying because I've had a fussy baby and I just want people to feel like heard and seen Mm -hmm. Abby's never had a fussy baby so this is between you and I right now (laughs) Um, but when Max would cry for four hours like I'm like, Abby, you don't understand. Your shoulders are like six inches higher. It's so stressful. You just want like a quiet minute. You can't help but like feel a little aggravated at your spouse because all of my patience was given to Maxwell. So I had zero for Drew. Yes. So it's been it's been crazy town. I'll be the first to say that. Tom says it too. Something that Tom is really great about is that in this season of the screaming, and I'll get to that exactly how much in a minute, um, he takes on everything else. And I know you guys had references about um, Colin helping you, Abby, with you know with the first trimester, hard just exhaustion and, and being sick. Um, but Tom has also really taken on the rest of the duties. And if he didn't do that, I, I don't even know where he'd be. But so he's really great at that. He takes on Tori, our, our toddler and our um, and all the house duties and cooking and cleaning and stuff. But for me, I've been with a screaming baby all day. And what I needed was him to hold the baby. I don't care mm-hmm. about the laundry, the mm-hmm. dishes, the crumbs, the mess. I don't care. I need an hour break for my screaming child. And so we, we really struggle with that because he's like, well, I can't help him. And I'm like, well, I can't either. But <laughs> like, I need the break. So um, but to be specific about the screaming is... Yeah, so Cohen was never really, I guess, diagnosed with colic. I'd brought it up at the doctor a couple of times and and I'd say, he screams like this all the time. And she was like, well, this is really normal. And I, I would say things like, I don't think this is normal. And I said, I'm cutting dairy, just so you know, because it can't hurt if if he's not, you know, if we're just going to try this. But um I think, and I have my I have a, pedi- a friend who is a pediatrician, and she has said too that this like a lot of times doctors will just chalk it up to colic if you have a fussy baby, or 
And so we don't, we still don't really know. Um, but but as far as hours a day he was screaming, there was probably two months where it was six to eight, no, sometimes ten hours a day. I, I would even. You guys should see her face. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We just it was such a blur. But but the saving grace was that after I got him to bed, now he'd be up at like six or seven in the morning. But after bedtime at six, he would sleep. So I always knew if I could just get to the night, but also then I had a toddler. So what do mm. I do with my ki- other child? Well, he's probably so tired from screaming all day. Yeah. And I mean, it was just horrible. It was like his body would stiffen. He would like lash out. It just felt like he, you know, I could just tell he was in agony or pain. And maybe part of that is just the true colic and just growing pains. But I did eliminate dairy and I think it's really helped. And also just as he's grown, his I think his gut has been able to handle mm-hmm you know, the breast milk or what, I don't, who knows? I never, I'm still, it's all just one big guessing game, even with my second kid. Um, but yeah, it was, it's been, it's been really hard. It's been dark, some dark times. This makes me think about all that could happen with this third baby. <laughs> because as Amy said, I, we have not had fussy babies. Like we've had other issues in toddlerhood, but like the newborn stage and like the early months have been very, very good from a baby standpoint. I had my own issues, but our babies have been good. So you saying that right now, I'm like sweating, thinking about six to 10 hours a day of screaming. You never know what you're going to get. It's <laughs> like real life. And I thought, well, we had it hard the first time. So the second time, it's going to be way easier. We know how to do this. And then we were in for a very rude awakening. But we are coming to the light at the end of the tunnel. And um, it's just hard when you're in that moment, like to say, oh, everything's a season. Oh, well, maybe by five months, it's going to be better. Five months. Are you kidding me? Like, right. I can't even get through the next hour. So did yeah. you have any friends or family? Like when I hear that and my fussy baby was my first, so I wasn't as confident, you guys, to be honest with you, getting help or asking for help. I felt like as a mom, I was doing something wrong because I could not soothe my own baby. Do you have any friends or family that have stepped in and been like, I will just hold this baby for an hour, Alicia, why don't you go out of the house, shower, anything like that? Yeah, and I've had to learn to ask for it too, um, especially with Tom, my spouse, and just saying, okay, I need help, I need you to hold him, I need to, sh- I need to shower, I need a hot shower, I need to just remove myself from the screaming. And then I had another girlfriend who came, she doesn't have kids yet, and she's amazing, she came for the weekend and she was like, Okay, you're awake now. It's 7 a.m. When's the next time he needs to eat and go down for a nap? I will take him for this hour. You go back to bed. You go take a shower. I got I've got the kids and she made us breakfast. I mean, she's just amazing. But having somebody that you can, whether it's your spouse, your mother-in-law, your mom, a friend, it might look different for everyone. But having someone that you can reach out to and just ask for help or and sometimes you don't even know you need help you're like I can plow through this and that's I'm a number eight on the Enneagram and I'm like we can fix this I have this tackle the problem see it do it we're done and so I felt like I had to do that myself and this time around I'm like no I actually need help I need someone to come play with my toddler that was another big thing is I needed help with my other daughter so I could just tend to the baby for those of you who don't know Enneagram, the eight is like Mother Teresa, it's Martin Luther King Jr. So it's people who are really, really powerful people who know that they can do it all. But even those people need help, <laughs> for sure. Exactly. Yeah. And that's something I'm learning to 
to just say, I need help. I don't know what I need. I just need someone here. Or like, Tom, I need you to hold the baby. Um, And so, yeah, I'm learning that I do need help too. Yes, girl, we all need help. Now I want to transition and start talking about the challenges that you and Tom uniquely face. I mean, many stay-at-home moms face these. But for you and Tom, okay, I'm a mom of three. So I'm imagining if I stayed at home with them and then come Friday, Drew had a guy's weekend, which he goes on, I would, I I feel like I would do worse with that if I were stay at home because I'd be like, bro, when do I get a break? Like, what is happening? Yeah. And we just, we went through this. Um, A couple weeks ago, Tom went ice fishing with his buddy and, and I want him, I truly want him to be happy and fulfilled and have that time away and he works so hard for us um but it is hard because when it comes down to it that means i have another day alone with my kids and i love (laughs) them but it's also really hard and so we're still working on that and and trying to find ways to communicate and let him have his time away but that is something we struggle with is that if he's taking a guy's day away and it's the whole day and then he's coming home two hours before bedtime, it's another working day. It's another day that he's just at work at the office in my mind, you know? Right. So um, we are, you know, we're still navigating that right now. We're still working on how he can have his time, but also then I don't have to be alone. So one thing that he did when he went ice fishing for the day is that I took the kids to the zoo and it was a madhouse, but I just, I needed to get out And so, or I'll try to get together with a friend or have family. I'll say, hey, can you come over or can we get together? I don't want to be alone. And just not that I need the help, but just that it keeps my mind occupied. Change of scenery, something different. Um, But we also need the help. But we also all need the help. Well, I do need the help, (laughs) yes. But I just think, okay, what, what can I do to make this day a little bit more enjoyable or exciting or different for me when he's gone on those and he hasn't done it a lot. That was really the only one since Cohen's been born. But just other ways like, okay, he's going to have to, he needs to work out. He needs time away. He needs to get together and have a drink with his friend. Or it just feels like stay-at-home moms have to go into such overtime. Mm-hmm. We do. And I think that is part of it. But I just think, okay, this is just a, a little short time that I'm going to have to put everything back on my back and climb this mountain. But there will be times where he will do this too. And he will take on the burden. And he has, you know, with the house stuff and the cleaning and cooking. I mean, I have not cooked a meal since Cohen has been born. Maybe one or two. But he has taken on everything. And so I think, okay, how can I give him give him a chance to have a little time away too. It is hard. It's, I'm still home with him all day. And- but I have a question. So, and I know a lot of my stay-at-home mom friends struggle with this. Do you take time away from the family? And girl, tell me the truth here. Do you, you don't set him all up for a day that you're going to take away. Do you take time away and you, you give Tom these two kiddos and he can do it because he's their dad? I do with my toddler and I struggle with that with the baby still. Um, and, but I'm awesome. Zero percent guilt with Tori and him. (laughs) No, nope. She is, she can tell you exactly what she needs. I struggle with that now with Cohen. So since he's been born, I've gone, I still take the time away. 
it's really important to me to get out, but I've done it in a way that, like you said, I've set him up. So I'll leave after Cohen's in bed at 6.30. He's been fed. I know he's going to sleep for four to five hours. That's for a stretch now that he's hitting four months. Um, but, and I will, as he gets older, I'll get, uh, it'll get easier for me to leave Cohen and be like, you guys, you three have a great day. I'm out of here. And, but when, when I was pregnant with Cohen and it was just him and Tori and she was two, even when she was one, I was, I had zero guilt about I need a break. This is hard. And do you have any coaching for stay-at-home moms that do feel... A lot of the questions we got were like, the kids are my job, J-O-B, mm-hmm. because I'm a stay-at-home mom, so I don't feel like I should get time off. I think it's important to state that in other jobs, you obviously get vacation days, sick days, legal holiday. Like You get days, and I feel like stay-at-home moms are so hard on themselves. You guys need a package. I'm telling you, we need a package to be like, okay, you get four sick days, you know, seven full vacation days, whatever it is. It's just. Yeah. And this is a great question is really very timely for us because actually Tom took a vacation day on this last Friday and spent the day with with my children. And I've also just been start. I started nannying for a couple, three other kids, actually. And he spent the day with the five children (laughs) and me and we were outside of our own home so no jobs to get done no cleaning no tasks and he did use that vacation day and and i told him i i said i need you to be home with us i need this day i need i need help so that was great for him to see because he realized that yeah and he knows i don't get sick days and so we're just trying to keep the lines of communication open that I do need help. I do need you to sometimes off, you know, take a sick day or take a day off to be with the kids. If I have, I had mastitis twice with Tori and once with Cohen so far. And so, and he said, if it gets, if you can't do this, I'm coming home. And so we're just trying to, to keep the lines of communication open and be real with each other because I don't feel like I demand or does like, I guess I don't feel like I demand, okay, I need this whole Sunday off, but we just try to balance, okay, how are, how am I doing mentally? What do I need? And I am trying to build in that time. And right now it looks different with a newborn than it will in six more months. But right. mm-hmm. I think that women's heads are nodding everywhere right now with what you're saying. And a few weeks ago on episode 10 with Molly Millwood, we talk about immersion therapy as an opportunity for our partners, the men whoever it is in our life to see what we're going through, what you as a stay-at-home mom in that role, you're going through every single day. So thank you for doing that. And also, that's awesome that he was able to do that. I think all Ben, all partners should be able to have that type of immersion therapy. It should be required. It will be (laughs) game-changing for us. And he even said the funniest thing at 9.15. I mean, we had been, we had painted, we had played games, we'd done breakfast, cleanup, snack time, cleanup. He looked at me and he, he said, time moves so differently here mm. and he had big eyes and he just looked at me and, and he locked eyes with me and, and I, I said to him what do you mean and he goes at work I blink and the day is gone and he's like here it's just so full on so much has been happening all day we've done a million things and it's 9 15 <laughs> and then at 10 30 Alicia it's 10 30 that's it he's like you do this all day and he knows I do it but just being able to be immersed in it really was a game changer for us and I think it really will help as we move forward and 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 it's full on all right let's get into something a little sticky here because one of the questions that keeps coming in 
is about finances and about how how do you split them? Because one person is bringing a salary and bringing income in, and you are adding a lot of value, but not necessarily bringing a paycheck in. Mm-hmm. So do you, I mean, all the questions on, do you feel guilty about it? How do you come across the questions? I mean, what other ones have come in, Amy? Because there's so many questions about the finances and how it relates to the stay-at-home mom Does role. he question you with, does he view it as like his money and you need to like a you know, get approval for what you're spending. I think money means represents different things to different couples. Mm -hmm. So I know that there's couples out there where it is money is power and the person that's working has that power and that control over it. What does that look like for you guys? This is something we struggle with uh, big time. And so I think it's really important we address this. So my mother-in-law told my my her son my husband um there are three things that people struggle with in marriage and that you will you might struggle with when you become a husband and a dad someday is that there are three things and these three things are sex money and kids and those three things are exactly what our squabbles are about and so um so finances so we do struggle it's hard because tom and i both like control former teachers and um, we like to control our environment we like to have control over just the way we live our life and so for for that reason alone money is it can be it's like okay we have this much money and we can I can decide how much we're going to be able to put towards this and it does feel like sometimes a control thing and part of my personality is I'm very straightforward and upfront and I stand up for myself so I (laughs) I'll tell Tom you know, I, I hold my own. I hold my own. Right. But there are people who have a more sensitive and a more gentle spirit. And I could see how this would be a, a sticky point for them and a contention of their marriage. So for us, our money is both of our money. It's it's a one. It's a pool. We It's our money together. We're a team. We just try to continue to communicating about it. And I am very conscious of what Tom's concerns are about money and what where we are financially. There aren't any secrets in our marriage, but and he doesn't, um, you know, micromanage it. He knows if I'm buying something, we truly need it. We are pretty minimal. I will say that we're renting right now. Um, we have a car that I drove that I learned how to drive on. I we still have my first original car from high school. So I mean, it's it's old. It's like 15 years or more old. Um, and so we, we've made a few life choices that are, we're very minimal, we're very conscious of the money coming in and out, but he does trust me with that. And I think just keeping the lines of communication open is really, has been key for us. Well, I think one thing too, to point out is like me knowing you guys for a long time now is that you guys were conscious of your spending before children. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, like really aggressive on paying your student loans off, all of that. So money has been a focus in your relationship. I think where it can get really hard is if, like, say you were spending an amount he was uncomfortable with, like that, I could see how that would get so sticky. Yeah. And we visit that. I mean, there are times when he's like, Alicia, we didn't need the new Zara clothes for the kids or those new books and and it's true I do have times where I where I spend where I'm like oh we didn't really need that it's a need versus the want or want you know so do you guys budget 
Um, we don't actually right now. We and Tom said this too that we it is hard. I mean, I'm home and we're. I ha- I'm nannying part time on the side to really help supplement that income, and then I also taught online while I was home with Tori. I would get up at like 4 a.m. and teach to kids in China online to supplement the income. Um, and right now, and it's finances are very personal. You know, it looks different for every family, every couple. But for us right now, I need to have that supplemental side income. Um, and we don't follow a specific. We used to do Mint, like the app mm-hmm, where you could mm-hmm. track every single purchase, but it kind of made us both crazy. So, I mean, I think we'll get back to something similar to like that again. But right now we're just, you know, he knows what's coming in and out. And he trusts me with that. If I am buying this thing for myself, I truly need it. Mm -hmm. Well, it's similar to Drew and I. You know, we both work and have income, but we don't have a specific budget. But we have that um, we have that respect and that trust for each other that you know what, nothing's going to be hidden. So if you're buying something, you should be able to speak to what you're buying. Because whether you have one income, two incomes, five incomes, money going in versus money coming out is where the stress is going to be. If you're spending more than you're making, that's stressful. Yeah. And we're, I I will say we're in a season right now where we are, um, we had some savings set aside that, um, because we knew this trans- transition with our kids and also we're moving back to the States. So it's a huge, you know, it was a big move and inter- international move for us that we were going to have for a little while, we're going to have more going out than we are coming in. But we, as we adjust and acclimate and we have side income or Tom is staying at his job longer and, and hopefully we'll um, be able to, to shake that out again and have an equal, find an equilibrium together again. But um, right now it's just, a, it's a season and, um, and I don't, I don't go on crazy shopping sprees, but I also do treat myself every now and then. Well, I don't think I should feel guilty to go get a glass of wine with a friend once or twice a month. Um, it's important. I need it. I need the time away. I love that you said that. Thank you so much for saying that. Cause I think there's a, a guilt that stay at home moms can feel there. You should be able to get your hair cut. You guys don't yes. have to live like, you know, you're not making any money cause you're doing such a valuable thing for the family and saving you guys can pay look at my daycare bills okay like you guys are saving a ton of money for the family yeah it just looks a lot different exactly so another question that came in is how you manage household duties and you've gone into a little bit about the last couple of months and your husband just taking over so much of it but do you feel like it's your responsibility as well? So when you get out of this season, when Cohen's maybe a little bit less fussy, I can't even use that word right now because it's still making me sweat a little bit. But I've been asked this as a working mama. So if you stay at home, would you expect help in the house? I'm like, what planet are you living on? Of course, I'd expect help. Like there is so much that gets messier. So many things that go on how would you do that? Just how do you even go about the household duties? Yeah, my husband is awesome at this. But if he wasn't, he would be because I you have to have help. At, I, I can't do it all. So when I'm home with my kids, my personality and just the teacher in me is I am with my kids. My job is the children, keeping them engaged, keeping them happy. We're playing sometimes Sometimes, if it's a great day, I'll get to pick up a little bit. However, Tom knows this, and we've talked about this. And I'll send him a text because he needs that forewarning 
Today is a self-care day, meaning when the kids, if the kids overlap in even a 15-minute nap, I will not be sweeping the floor, cleaning off the crumbs, putting toys back in their place. Today, it's about the kids, and I'm going to be with them, and then it's going to be about me going to the bathroom and getting myself a freaking drink of water when they're down (laughs) for 15 minutes, like... Or I'll work out if it's a, an amazing day. I'll get to work out during nap time. But um, And then other days, because it's really important to Tom, is that I will try to have the things put away and the counters cleaned off or the floor swept if I had that chance at 10 minutes. Um, and so just preparing him and saying, okay, today's a self-care day. Tomorrow will be the day where it's things are tidied up. Um, but as far as the overall household stuff, yeah, he does – he does all I mean 95% of it he's he's awesome and then he said things to me like um could you sweep the floor and I'm like do you know where the broom is because it's right over there you live here too (laughs) and he's like but I didn't make the mess and and I oh he's right but I'm like um but you live here and the broom's right there and he he really truly is so good about he likes it clean so for him it's that's what he likes but here's where i'm at alicia because you and i have similar husbands god bless them they are amazing however sometimes i they need to tone it down on how tidy they like things you know drew's obsessed with our lawn so that what that what happens is he spends three hours outside with his precious lawn and i spend those three hours with our precious children and I respect that. It's really nice that our house does look nice from the outside. (laughs) But where is that line where you're like, Tom, I also just need you to take care of these babies. And if the house is a little bit more messy in this season, that's just what it's going to be. Yeah. And we're working on that because he very much, he needs that time outside to decompress. He he uses it as that actually, right. mm-hmm. um, the shoveling and the lawn stuff. And he's been really great about now taking Tori along on these little, whatever, the errands to Home Depot. I mean, just whatever he's doing. Um, however, yeah, I, I, I have to give him the gentle reminders too that, okay, we are going to have a little bit of a messier house. And he's been, he has changed so much. He's come such a long way of letting things go a little bit more and being okay with it until he can't handle it anymore. And then he comes back and he'll start doing the cleaning again. But, um, but yeah, we're just trying to, to find a balance together of that. Okay. Being with the kids. Yes, it's important. And I need to do that. He needs to do that. But also cleaning is also important to just maintain the house and, you can't let it go for weeks and weeks, even though there are times that we have. Yeah. We have to. I like that you're trying to meet him in the middle there, because I know that both partners feeling well is is really the goal. Yeah. And so, for example, one of the things we did is he has been wanting to go through closets and organize Drew stuff. and him are the same person. I can't. <laughs> so, so and I'm he, getting along with these men right yeah, now. Yeah. I'm like, I'm the like, closet is my next task on my list. <laughs> he has, we were on date night and he was going through his to-do list and he's like, we have these things to tackle. And I'm like, okay, you do that. So then this last weekend, we, we haven't spent time doing it in a few months. So I was like, okay, what can I do to help him get through the closet? And right now, Cohen's in our room sleeping with us. So I held Cohen for an hour long nap and I said you work around me you go through every closet every drawer and donate all the things you want to sort through and then you will feel really good about this day 
And so he's like, well, I don't feel good until everything is done on the list. <laughs> so the next thing was going through the garage. You know, the list doesn't end with Tom. But um, but we're just trying to figure out how to, to balance that. Also, when you're home all day, the house just gets messier. Like, I think that moms realize that. And obviously, Tom, when he was home for that one day, probably understood that if you're out of the house, kids are at daycare, or even in the summertime, when you're actually away from home, stays a lot cleaner. So it's really difficult to be taking care of kids, doing all those creative things, and also keeping the house really well, clean. Well, amen to that. When I'm home on Fridays and they finish lunch, it's like one of them needs something before I can clean up right. lunch. Like there's no way I can keep, because it sounds so cute. Oh, just clean up as you go. It's like, have you guys had multiple children? Like you can't clean up You'd be chasing your tail the whole day long. I have done that. And I am <laughs> literally go insane while I do that because I'm trying to clean up a mess while another mess is already being made. So it's just easier just to let it be chaos and then figure it out when it's all done. And if it's a couple weeks later, sometimes you have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so there's so much that we could cover with you. And there's a million questions. And because I know you're willing to go there and I know that Tom is okay, doesn't have anything off limits. One thing we've heard a lot is being touched out. So being touched all day, it makes women feel less like they want to be sexy, like they want to be intimate with their partners. So is this something that you've experienced with Tom? Are there things that have helped you guys return to intimacy during this season? Another thing that we're really struggling with, along with the finance stuff that I touched on briefly, is is sex. I mean, how can I not? We have to visit this topic. So yeah, at the end of the day, the last thing I want to do is strip down and get frisky with Tom. Like, I'm sorry. No, I have been touched, needed, and 24 hours, I feel like it just it doesn't end. When the night shift starts, it's like, well, here we go. It's another night where I'm going to be getting up, feeding this child. And um, yeah, no, sex is, is hard. It's really hard right now for us. And But it's Tom's number, I'd say number one or number two thing to feeling f- like fulfilled and loved in our marriage is sex just the act of it and being together and when he has that he feels respected and so for me it's it's not that (laughs) it's I need the I need to feel loved and to be like okay you've you're doing a great job or you know you look great today or just I the way I, I feel fulfilled in our marriage is not sex but it is for him so we struggle with that right now because I don't want to, I'm so tired. I'm done at nine o'clock. I want to shower and go to bed. So two things that we're trying right now is that, um, not waiting until bedtime. Um, which obviously like during the week, we can't really just (laughs) turn on some cartoons. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, but on the weekends, you know, not doing it just only at bedtime. And then, um, he even said he, we were talking last night and he said, would it work if we would schedule it in and just know that, okay, on Thursday, we're going to have some wine, we're going to light some candles and have time together. Um, because when it comes down to it is we we have to we have to be intimate or our marriage wouldn't be where it's at. And so that is something that we've really struggled with. And I didn't see coming since we've had kids, especially. Um, and so we're just we're working through it. And we're trying our best. And I sometimes I'm like, Okay, today I just I'm gonna just put my own desires to go to sleep aside, and we're gonna we're gonna have intimate time together. So, 
I know <clears throat> one of my favorite therapists to follow on Instagram, Dr. Tracy D. She does say like a lot of her patients, they, she's like, I know it doesn't sound sexy, but like scheduling it can just get you back into the habit. A question that comes to my mind is were your sexual, um, were your libidos more aligned before kids? And so it's after kids that has been the problem or was he always desiring more and you weren't? Yeah, so I obviously love my husband and I enjoy our time together. But for me, like, I don't think about sex during the day. It's never, it doesn't really cross my mind. Of course, I think about Tom and how is he doing and is he feeling loved and excited about his job? But that is not how Tom is. He's very much like, I think about you and I want to be with you and have, you know, time together. And so... He's like, I definitely think about sex with you during the day. And so even before kids, he definitely, you know, that's something he really needed to feel loved and something I didn't really, I mean, I enjoy it and love him and love being, love being intimate together, but I never, I wasn't ever the level that he needed. And so we've always struggled with that, but definitely it's ramped up since we've had children because at the end of the day, I want to sleep. Well, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and your baby is still so young. Right. What did it get better between children? Like as Tori was a little bit older. Yeah, in my mind, now he might say something. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, "What the hell are you talking about?" He's like, "No, we've been suffering for years. It's a drought." But, um, but I think when Tori really started sleeping through the night, I was able to be like, "Yeah, I want to be physical and be intimate with you again," and um, and. Also, this time around, I I didn't get cleared to have sex and or, and or exercise right away um, at the six week checkup, so we had to wait a little bit longer. And so, really, I mean, Cohen, yeah, he's four months old. It's really only been not even two months since I've been cleared to to get back to normal activity. So, um, so yeah, it's been we've just found other ways, and also just yeah, we we're trying we're working on that because it's it's still hard. Well, it's amazing what lack of sleep can do to libido. Like you keep on bringing up, I just want to sleep. And I think that so many women feel that they just want to rest. Like it's one more to-do task on their list. It is. And so then I try to remind myself, okay, it's what, 15 minutes? It's 20 minutes? Okay, maybe 30. But then really, I've spent that time doing whatever I wanted to do during, if I got to, to do my workout or if I got to take a long hot shower. So really, I can build that time in. And it's really not going to be the end of me if I stay up from till 9.30 instead of 9 or 10 instead of 9.30. So. Well, I give myself that pep talk too because I, you know how I feel about my bedtime, you two know. <laughs> and so when he starts, I'll, I'll be like, Amy, a half hour past your bedtime is not going to make or break you. Like just try to stay in the moment if that makes sense. It, but I'll also be very specific with him. I'm like, babe, if you want this to happen, you got to pick up the pace of this. <laughs> You know, because he'll yeah. be like kissing so ever so gently on my neck, and You're I like, think some get... women like that. But I'm like, let's let's get this rock. Nine thirty is getting really close here. <laughs> Down to business, yeah. And we've had those, you know, times too. Where I'm like, um, let's get the show on the road because I want to go to bed. So, but it is important for us, and we, I mean, every couple. So to end today, we're going to try something new. This is the first time we've done this with a guest, but we're going to do just rapid fire questions. So, Alicia, you ready? Ready. <laughs> These are from the audience. How do you prevent burnout in such a thankless profession? Take time for yourself and keep the lines of communication open. Be transparent. How can you feel more accomplished? I always wonder what the heck I did all day. 
Remember that get back to the basics. You're here for your kids and you made them feel loved. As a stay-at-home mom, what is some advice to not get down on yourself? I think talking in your head if you need to, to give yourself that pep talk, making that list of what do I need, what's going to make me happy and my kids happy. How do you stay creative? Well, sometimes I outsource that. I'm a teacher before I was a mom, but that doesn't mean I can do all of it. So I love Busy Toddler on Instagram. They have an awesome preschool curriculum that I follow with Tori loosely. What's your favorite activity right now? With the kids or for myself? Actually, both. Uh, My favorite activity right now, I love getting outside. And actually for myself, too. I love getting outside for a walk or going for a hike. How do you fit workouts in? Sometimes I don't. But I try really hard to. And so nap time, after bedtime, I'm not going to get up early if I'm not, I haven't slept through the night. So that's not happening right now for me. Since you can't clock out, how do you find balance between being a stay-at-home mom when you never actually leave your job? That's something I still struggle with. I don't have an answer for that. The hardest thing about being a mom for me is the emotional, never-ending task of it all. So I don't have an answer for that one. Do you feel any pressure to teach your kids certain things before they hit school age? That's a great question, too. I was a former teacher, so I, I, I don't right now. Tori's a toddler. The best thing for, in my mind for that age is just play, learning through play. Um, but again, I, I'll reference Busy Toddler on Instagram. Love her projects. Love her little preschool curriculum. And I'm not afraid to, to outsource that. We do music class as well. So I can't do it all. I, I just can't as, <laughs> as a stay-at-home mom. So I'm happy to find other ways on with to, to outsource that. Well, that's such a good point too, because some of those little activities, it doesn't look like much or that your toddler would be that invested. And then you start doing it. You're like, this girl is onto something. They love this little, you know, Play-Doh thing, whatever yes. it was. So Alicia, oh, we could talk to you forever. Thank you so, so much for being our first stay-at-home mom and bringing a voice to the experience. We think it's so important that people feel heard and you have a strong voice. So I really appreciated that you, you know, sometimes you give pushback when it's necessary and you're in a partnership. You're not Mm -hmm. just there to serve your husband and your kids. You're a person and that person really matters. So thank you so much, Alicia, for sharing your story and giving stay-at-home moms a voice on this podcast. There's going to be more to come, you guys. We want to affirm for you that when you ask for something, Abby and I are listening and we are going to deliver what you want. So thank you to all those that requested a stay-at-home mama and there are more to come.